Y'all know the drill. Uh, today I have a special guest, man. I'm, I'm excited to uh, to introduce. Um, now you go by the name Eight. Yes, that's correct. Eight. Okay. So I'm um, just kind of tell me a little bit about yourself, man. Where Where do you come from? And um, and yeah, what what you been up to, man? Well, I mean that's that's a whole lot to answer in a short period <laughs> of time. But um, I, I'm originally I'm from the Bronx, New York. I mean that's where yeah. I grew up at. Um, okay. that's my, that's where I call home, right? It's not where I'm at yeah. anymore. I haven't lived in the Bronx, New York in, in a long time, but, um, that's where I come from. Uh, was originally born and raised there. Um, got into hip hop real early on that scene. You know, I did a lot within the industry at an early age and, you know, thank God, like I was able to, uh, transition and start doing some other things within my life and, you know, that's kind of where I'm at now, just in the, in the midst of a transition and doing a lot of other great things with with my life as a as a grown man, as a grown adult who grew up in the industry. So, yeah, oh, that's dope, man. That's dope. Now, I was reading a little bit about you and um, I want to get straight into the 8th Street funding. Now, I think this is really dope. Um, according to, you know, your your site, it's a, you know, a, a lending commercial mortgage company. Um, can, can you go into that and, you know, what that all is about? Because um, uh, it, it, I think it's very, very dope, man. I want to hear about it. Yeah, so, so what we are is is my I founded a company that um, we're direct mortgage lenders for, you know, real estate investors. So anybody who's looking to purchase a property, whether it's a fix and flip, um, you know, rental property, ground up construction, anything like that, you know, we actually offer a mortgage, um, you know, for those type of deals. So we do like a lot of 30 year mortgages, a lot of 12 month mortgages. Um, we offer some hard money loan, uh, type products, but you know, we're, we're also like real heavy into the 30 year rental mortgages. And I also, that that's where I'm at now, man. That's why I'm, I'm kind of calling you from like a remote location. I'm actually in the middle yeah. of a a property that we're flipping and I came over here to check some work that was done earlier. Um, so not only do we, I, I give out loans, we also, um, you know, flip properties ourselves. So Damn, that's a super dope, man. Um, how, how did you get into that? Well, um, you know, it's, it's, it's again, it's, it's kind of a, of a long story, man. I, um, I was doing radio for a lot of years in New York. And um, I had a lot of success in regards to um, the radio industry, the radio business. And it was a certain point in time, man, where I was I was in the studio and I mean, I forgot who was there, who we were interviewing. And everyone around me looked like they were having a ball. And I just wasn't because I, I, I accumulated a decent amount of uh, notoriety in that field. Um, I mean, every week, like what they call viral now, I mean, we was doing that 
before viral was really a a, a thing. And um, oh. as popular as the show got, my bank account just didn't match, and I I needed to find a way to um, you know, generate some real income. I didn't. I, I had an opportunity to go work at a few terrestrial radio stations um, in New York City. And I, I just didn't want another job at that point. I, I started losing interest in um, not necessarily hip hop itself, but the element that comes along with hip hop. I just started losing a lot of interest in it, man. And, you know, over the years we had, we had a lot of um, controversy that surrounded our show and surrounded myself. So, you know, I, I just wanted to do something different. I, you know, I was growing up, I was getting older and I wanted to do something different. And I got into real estate and I, I, I met this Italian guy by the name of Joe Diwali, who, who showed me a lot in regards to just the real estate industry uh, within itself. And, you know, uh, eventually this is where i landed man yeah man that's uh yeah that's quite the journey man um i definitely yeah. want to get into um to the the radio stuff in a bit but i want to stay on here for a little bit um yeah, I, I think it's it. super dope that you know that you're doing this especially for you know young individuals i i think of like people like myself growing up um you know these things don't get taught in school so i think it's very dope i don't know if you ever thought or you have you know kind of, you know, te- taking people under and kind of teaching them the ways. Um, but I think it's, it's super dope. Or it's something that, you know, a lot of people in positions like that should should think about, you know, just kind of educating younger people to, to kind of move, um, you know, a, a certain way. And like I, like I said, you know, the school system sometimes is just, you know, it's not it's not the way they don't really teach you the, the actual life stuff sometimes, you know. Uh, right. So I think, yeah, yeah. So thank you for sharing that process. Um, and, you know, so going into that, I, I would kind of ask you, like, what what would you kind of say to someone that's that's, you know, that's kind of has that in, in entrepreneur mind or, um, you know, wants to do better in life? Like uh, what what steps should a, a young young kid be taking like that? Um, it really depends on the person that I'm talking to in the age range, because I, I, I don't think that there's one set standard answer for everybody. I really don't. And I think there's so many different paths of prosperity, um, you know, that, a, that an individual can take. I don't think there's just one set road. So, you know, it's, it's complex, especially when you see people talking to a large crowd and, you know, you're going to hit some and you're going to miss others. But the one piece of advice that I think is a little bit universal is um, you have to fuck up. You have to you have mm-hmm. to be able to, to be OK with just, you know, messing up and um, learning through your mistakes and just keep going. It's like um, a lot of times we fail before we even get started because we don't we don't necessarily put forth our best foot because we're scared of failure. And even if something like, you know, real estate isn't for you. You won't know that until you actually get into it and, you know, make a few mistakes. And then, you know, either you learn from those mistakes or you just learn it's not for you and go in a different direction, but you have to like get out there, live and and learn and do a few different things. And um, when you find out what you don't want, you'll find out eventually what it is that you do want and you'll fall into that lane. So, um, I mean, that's, I think that's my number one piece of advice is just to, um, kind of just get out and do things 
and uh, don't be scared to reinvent yourself. Like I, I feel like I'm the king of reinventing myself. And um, I think that's very important because, you know, a part of educating yourself and personal development, all, uh, development and, and things of that nature is, you know, as you grow, you, you can no longer remain the same person that you was the day prior. Right. So yeah. even if it was a situation where you told yourself, listen, you know, I want to start going to the gym, you know, five times a week or whatever it is. And on that very first day after you come home from the gym, it's like, OK, well, yesterday I ordered, a, you know, Pizza Hut or whatever it is. So uh, today I'm ordered down like you can't be the same person you was yesterday if yeah. you're committing to make a change. So it's like um, once you once you commit to make a change go through with it and don't be scared to pivot if that change doesn't work because you're going to end up exactly where you need to be anyway. So um, I think that's my major advice. And number two, just invest, man. Invest your money, invest your time, invest your energy. Like investments is not just a financial thing. Like you can invest in knowledge. You can invest in personal development. You can just invest your time and whether it's learning, whether it's a project, you doing your, your radio show, your podcast, I mean, you're making an investment in yourself by, you know, recording this how, however often you record it. Now, yeah. you might need to invest more than um, however long your show is a week. If your show is only an hour, two hours a week, well, you might need to really invest six to seven hours, you know, just to kind of make that one show work, right? So it's, yeah. Yeah. it's all an investment and you can't be scared to... Um, make that in across different walks of life, whether it's with your money, your time, your energy, um, you know, just the mental aspects of life. You just have to be willing to kind of constantly make those investments in yourself. Yeah. Yeah, definitely, man. That's, that's key, man. Um, yeah. 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 I, I like how, how you said, you know, investment, it's not just a monetary thing. You know, when, when people hear that word, I think, you know, that's exactly where the mind goes. But like you said, Investing yourself in the things that you want to improve. So that's key, man. That's dope. And um, you did, I think, uh, another thing you said um, that's very underestimated is, you know, not being scared to fuck up. You know, a lot of people are scared of that, um, you know, including myself sometimes. Like, sometimes you just have that mindset where, damn, I don't want to fuck up. But, you know, having that mindset of, you know, it's okay to do that. You kind of need that to learn. I think that's really dope. Um, and then so I saw that, you know, with that mindset, I, it doesn't make sense, but I saw that your company is one of the top 101 real estate companies in New York. Um, can you talk about, you know, how, what the journey was to get there and, you know, what were the ups and the downs? Oh man. Um, you know what? I don't know how I got there <laughs> to be honest. With you. <laughs> we, we were ranked, I think like seventh, um, seventh best startup real estate company in New Jersey. Oh, yeah. And, um, you know, it, it was, it was, it was a journey. I mean, my, I think my, my very first year before I became, before we became direct lenders, my very first year in regards to like the lending industry, the mortgage, mortgage industry, I was a, a broker and I was like a part-time broker. I owned a few other businesses. I had, um, I still owned a radio station. Um, I owned a chair and table rental business. I owned like an event space. So I, I had multiple businesses at the time that I was running and I was trying yeah. to kick off this whole mortgage industry thing. And, uh, I think that first year, man, I, I might've closed like one or two loans the whole year. 
And I may have made like $10,000 off of those two loans the whole year. And um, it, it was a slow process. So what I really had to do was I had to make a decision at some point, same shit that I was telling you earlier, I had to make a decision and say, okay, well, I'm just going to move my chips to the table in one direction. And if I fail, fuck it. Right. I just kind of yeah. shut down the sharing table rental business, which at the time, the sharing table rental business, I was ranked like the top 10, one of the top 10 businesses in Brooklyn, New York, um, in regards to sharing tables. I was doing well in that regard. Um, I shut that down. I sold my event space business and I put all my chips to the table. Um, in regards to like the, you know, the mortgage industry, just because it was a bigger bang for my buck. Right. Like yeah. I, you, close, you know, I close one loan, I can make 20, $30,000 just on closing one loan rather than, you know, working a month just to try to clear that same amount. Yeah. So, um, you know, I shut down, I shut down all of my other businesses, put my chips in the table in the first few years, it was still pretty tough. I mean, maybe I closed two, two a month, one a month. Um, you know, then eventually went to three a month. And as soon as things really starting to get started to get good, I never forget, man. Um, 2020, right before the pandemic hit, business was yes. going well. We were we were officially earmarked the lender. We were backed by a hedge fund. And um I one of my former co-hosts, uh, I don't know if you you know him, a guy by the name of Young Jack Thriller. Okay. We, we um linked up and ended up going to like, you know, another real estate mogul's mansion for New Year's. And I just was feeling so good about myself. Like I had a trip to the Bahamas plant, um, like a few weeks after that. And like the, the industry was starting to boom. I, I, I was projecting that I was going to clear around a hundred million, um, worth of loans that year. And in March of 2020, you know, when the pandemic hit, it totally shut down my industry, like completely yeah. shut it down. So from March until I want to say roughly November, we didn't close not one loan. Um, our fund is totally pulled. Even the loans that we had um, like on tap to close our um, financial backers, they pulled all their money and it was just on, you know, on hold. No one knew where the world was going. So, um, you know, we took like a major step back along with everyone else during that time. But um, since I was really just getting into my groove and just getting going around 2020, it kind of hit. Um, but I was sitting on a nice little nest egg. I bought a few properties and, um, you know, start, that's when I started flipping the properties myself. Um, the market was was real cheap and it started to explode. So we, we kind of took advantage of that. And, um, you know. Shortly thereafter, November, December 2020-ish, going into 2021, I mean, things just caught fire. You know, the market caught fire and we caught fire. I, I know how to market myself um, from years in the music industry. Yeah. And uh, I've been, I've kind of translated that in a different way to the mortgage industry, but I know how to stay in front of my clients. I know how to constantly um, remind you that I exist. And that's pretty much what I did. And it, and it just like, my client base went from 5,000 to like 25,000 in a very short um, period of time. So 
Um, that's, that's how it went. And it's still going. It's still going well. The mortgage industry is slowing down a bit along with all of the other markets. But, you know, I, I'm, I'm highly blessed, man. I'm just yeah. grateful to be here. Yeah, yeah man. It's, that's dope, man. Congrats to you and, you know, the work you put in, bro. That's that's, that's dope. Um, no yeah, man. So I kind of want to transition now into the radio stuff, bro. I think that's that's super dope. Um, what can you tell me? What how you got into radio, and you know what what kind of experience did you have? Um. Okay. Yeah. So the way I got into radio was uh, actually my partner. I used to do um. I used to do music back in the days. And I ran a, a record company, and my partner at the time, uh, Carla Andrews, she passed away. And there was we, we used to talk for hours on the phone just about you know business and all types of other stuff, and then we just wander off. And I remember her saying something like, "You know, the world needs to hear these conversations. These are so, so many great conversations we have. We should do like a radio show." And she said it just fucking around. Yeah. Um, but when she passed away, you know, again, me with the whole reinvent myself, I wasn't really into the, the music industry changed. I had a huge studio um, in the Bronx, New York at that time. And um, we were working on a few projects with a few, you know, named artists. And um, I totally just pivoted. I said, you know what, I'm going to try my hand at this radio shit. I just kept hearing that conversation that we had in our head, you know, yeah. we, great doing radio and um i started out working for a, a station called i think it was party 93.4 um yeah. and i was a little bit controversial and a little bit too outspoken for them and, and i ended up getting fired from that station uh for, yeah. for some comments that i made and I, I i left that station and ended up doing a podcast thing which was like probably the best thing i could have ever done and we had one show probably about my second month into like doing a whole podcast journey yeah where uh a transsexual who was allegedly having an affair with a, a, a rap artist at that time called in and you know aired him out and that show became like to be honest with you it became the one that um put us into the spotlight and then from there it was like every single guest we had um like every show was a big show and every guest felt like they called us because they had something to say. And people thought that we was like making up drama and fabricating drama, but we was the show that people was just calling the air out, whatever their grievances were. And, um, um, we became known for it. You know, we set a certain standard going into it. Like I didn't want to interview, um, going just to give you my mindset going into it. Yeah. I told myself, I, I, you know, Although I'm coming from a music background, I don't want to interview anyone that's below a certain standard. So, um, you know, I wasn't interviewing any real underground artists. Like all of my artists had to have at least be B or C list, right? Yeah. Um, just to get on the show. And sometimes that meant we didn't have a, a, a guest for a week or two, and that's fine. But um, I set a certain standard. And once I set that standard and everyone else started when I send out that email and everyone else said, well, well, X, Y, and Z is calling into their show, you know, maybe their show is worth, you know, me booking, you know, my artists on there. Right. So, yeah, yeah. um, I started out with my initial contact within the industry, set a certain standard, and then the shit just took off. And I mean, we've had everybody on that show from, um, new edition, uh, to 
freaking uh, Bone Thugs and Harmony, Capone and Noriega. We've had uh, uh, Silk the Shaka, Bow Wow. I mean, we've you know we've had a lot of people on that show. The show was the yeah. show took over it was excellent, and um, wow. yeah, I enjoyed my time doing it, and until I didn't anymore, and that's when I kind of got out. Damn man, that that's dope, bro. And man, salute to you when what you just said, like knowing, you know, when you were having fun with it anymore and you just kind of transitioned out of it. I think that's that's super dope, man. Especially reaching the heights that you did. I'm sure it wasn't easy. It wasn't an easy call. No, but you know what? That's the, uh, at least me, man. Everybody, everybody has their own um, path, and that's why I said, you know, that that comment is a little difficult because everyone is a little bit yeah. different. There's a lot of people that. You know, they think one way, they react one way, and and they want to kind of yeah. stay in the lane. Um, but you know, life is short, man, and and there's a whole like myriad of opportunities out here yeah. that you can kind of experience. And you know, once you've done something for long enough, like it, there's nothing like breaking into that thing and dominating that thing, right? Oh, and it's yeah. like once you once you did that. Man, it's why not go out and try to do it somewhere else? Like I think if you would you would even ask athletes, like a lot of athletes played multiple sports, right? A lot of them play yeah. if you play basketball, they probably played football or baseball or, or some other shit. Yeah. You ask a basketball player, a lot of them to say, Man, I probably could have made it to the NFL, right? And if yeah. they had a chance after their career to where like, you know, they were still young and 20 something and they had a chance to go play and that they probably would do it because it's a whole different experience, a whole new lane. Yeah. It's the same thing in almost any walk of life. I mean, you don't necessarily have to be um, pigeonholed to um, one specific industry or genre for the rest of your life. I love the music industry. I still have a ton of friends and associates in the music industry and I do a lot of loans for people mortgages um for people in the music industry who want to um you know transfer into the uh the real estate game we i've done like a lot of mortgages for like big time boxes and athletes and uh artists Dang. and stuff like that and uh yeah. so i'm still quasi in that world um but you know it's uh, I, I was just ready for a change man yeah for sure man man yeah. Seems like you got quite the journey, bro. That's that's super dope. I'm I'm sure when when you look back, you know, when it's in your older years, you'll kind of appreciate that for sure. And, yeah. Uh, so what what were some uh, what were some key takeaways that you learned specifically from the radio, um, and even like the podcast that that you've um, taken to your new journeys? Well, I think number one is is. It, it, the lesson I took from there probably started a little bit before radio and it was, you know, just my growing up in the neighborhood that I grew up in, you know, you, you kind of learn not to fear certain things. Like I don't, I, I've never feared. I never really had a fear of like death. If that, I know that's a lot of people that might sound weird, but, um, and I'm not trying to make it out to be like, I was a super thug growing up, but like I grew grew up around a certain element. You understand what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So when you grow up not having that fear, that's the best thing you can, you can use to, to translate into industry. Like when I look at somebody like 50 cent, for example, 
he operates out of a sense of not having fear of shit. You understand what I'm saying? Like, all of his moves is he's not really afraid of failure or afraid of what other people think or, you know, if this person is going to try to get at him for saying this X, Y, and Z. And the same with, like, you look at an Elon Musk or a Kanye. or And I'm not a big fan of what Kanye's talking about. I'm just using him as an example. Yeah. There's a certain fearlessness that you have to move with. And, um, you know, the controversy that that we went through in the, the radio industry. You know, I had co-hosts. This is a real true, true fucking story. I had co-hosts quit um, our show because they thought something was going to happen to like them or their family. Like I've received numerous death threats. I've received, and you're, you're recording this out of California, right? Um, actually, out in Portland, Portland, Oregon. Portland, Oregon. Okay. Yeah. When I was, um, first getting into radio we had a, a huge thing and, and you know god bless the brother i actually like him and i and, and hopefully all everything is what under the bridge now but we had a, a huge thing with um the, the artist the game and his people and i mean they pretty much want me never to come back to california in my life and since then i've probably been to california a million times and yeah. and walked around freely but i say all of that to say is like that's just the mentality that I have. And that's the mentality that um, got me where I needed to be in the, in the music industry and also got me to where I needed to be in this real estate industry. Cause it's the same shit. It yeah. really is. Like you can think like you can, you can sink 150 grand of your own money into, you know, purchasing a home and, you know, the market could roll back or, somebody could come in break into the house steal your materials or a natural disaster like the hurricane that just happened in florida could come by knock the whole fucking house down right so i mean like there's a lot of ways that you know you can kind of i guess fuck up in life in general um but when you're not scared of that ultimate fuck up right like when when that's not even a fear of yours then why are you scared of anything else and that's the rationale like I walked through neighborhoods I should have never walked through. Like I did certain shit that I probably should have never did. Why would I be yeah. scared of it? Like I'll survive this if this if X, Y, and Z happens. I'll be all right. I'll be straight. So, like, um, more than more than like promotions, more than networking, more than anything else. Like that's the one, one thing that's always translated over, and that's why I, I got on this this uh, this call, this interview, and started out with. One of your yeah. first questions is like, you can't be scared to fail. You can't be scared yeah. to just go out because that's how I lived. Like, I'm not, I wasn't scared to walk through Compton when I had problems in Compton, yeah. right? I was yeah. scared to walk through certain neighborhoods growing up when I had problems. And it was, it was one of those things where I'm not scared of that. Why would I be scared to invest my own money? Why would I be scared to take this risk with this business or, you know, go for a, a audacious goal that no one else really thinks I could fucking, um, you know, yeah. achieve. Why, why would I be scared of that? Yeah, man. Damn, man. That's, that mindset obviously took you far. I think that's dope, man, sharing that with, you know, with others. and Because I, I think that's, you know, for some people, that comes naturally. For other people, it's just, it, it's, it takes a while to get there, right? To get to that mindset right. and, and be there. So, you know, it's, it's a uh, that's another thing. The beauty of life is just you know being able to share these 
type of things with with other individuals and you know you you definitely have the right mindset it took you where you want to go and it's definitely taking you even farther now <laughs> that's dope man um right. let, let's talk a little more i want to get into hip-hop a little more um you know okay. what what did you grow up listening to and you know and and um and what what type of artists or or you know groups influenced you in your life oh man well i grew up um partially in like the i grew up in the bronx my family lived in the bronx like throughout my childhood life so i grew up in the birthplace of hip-hop yeah i hung out a lot though with my god brother in brooklyn um Flatbush, Brooklyn, you know, Bed-Stuy, Brooklyn. We we hung out a lot when I was a kid. I'm talking about real young. I'm talking about maybe like I was six, seven, and he was probably like in his teens, like 15. Like I would be the kid that he had to watch. He would just drag me everywhere. But he was, the, he was a local DJ. He would like DJ the block parties and DJ the house parties and everywhere we would go. Yeah, I'm hanging out one, two o'clock in the morning, break dancing, and he taught me how to DJ at an early age, and um, you know, things of that nature. So I grew up listening to like um, a lot of the artists in the '80s, um, the LL Cool J's, the Run DMCs, you know, um, yeah, the Big Daddy Kane's, the yeah, you know, all of them, the Rockems, KRS. Uh, that was my my introduction to like. Um, to hip hop during that, during that phase. But, you know, the older I got, like my, my zone, my era was, you know, the Tupacs and, and the Jays and the Nas's yeah. and the Wolves. Like that was the, that was like, you know, my young adult years, the, the 15 to freaking, you know, early 20 years of, of really being heavily influenced by that type of music and that style of thought process and living. Like I was, I was heavily under that influence growing up. Yeah, yeah, that's dope, man. That's uh, yeah. you know what a lot of people would call the classic era, and you know that's yeah. dope. I, it was yeah. a different time. Yeah, it was a different. It was a whole different time. And growing up again, you know, um, not too far away from where hip hop started. And when I say not too far away, I mean in the same city, in the same borough, not too many blocks away. Like I'm like yeah. five a five minute drive from where the first where they the building on Cedric Avenue where they used to throw the house parties where the, the first DJ would come and, you know, start spinning and, and DJ Cool Herc and all of them would come and start spinning yeah. it. Like, I was there. Like, I was I was young and, and being heavily influenced by it without even knowing it. Just seeing the way people dressed and the way people talked and, you know what I mean, the gold fronts and the four finger rings and, you know, till yeah. this day, I'm, I'm, like, a lot of the, the artists that I'm um, really cool and heavily influenced by uh, from that era. I'm still actually pretty cool with like the, the Grandmaster Kaz, uh, who is one of the founders of hip hop. When I did radio, he was my feeling. So whenever I couldn't make it to a show, he would host my show. And yeah. I did that intentionally because, um, you know, I always had like a respect for. Um, you know, that era, like the pioneers. Yeah. And I, I, I've always felt like, like they never really got there um, just due. So while I was yeah. hot in that moment, like I tried to always like give them a little platform to, um, you know, do yeah. their thing. Wow, man, that's, that's super important, bro. That's that's yeah. super dope. Bro. 
I'm always a big fan of, you know, obviously I'm from a different era, but, you know, doing the homework and kind of going back and listening to these artists because, like you said, you know, it's the birth of hip-hop. It's where it all started. And I think, you know, it's super important to kind of keep that going, you know, as far as hip-hop progresses and just, just keep that originality, making sure, you know, the... You know, you don't forget about the roots, and, and that's that's always important. Um, so yeah, man, that that's super dope. Um, you know, staying in that topic, I, I'm curious to to kind of ask you on, um, you know, and I don't know if you've kind of been in tune lately, but like, there's a lot of kind of battle going on between you know the the young the young guys now with with the older dudes. Um, you know, more specifically, I I, I don't know if you know. I'm sure, you know, DJ Academics, when he came out and kind of, you know, said some stuff about the old old rappers are all dust scenes, stuff like that. So I kind of want to ask you, like, do you, what do you think should happen or, or how, how can this kind of connection get be closer between, you know, the the, you know, the older older heads um, that came up in the different era with the younger? Because I feel like it's always a constant battle as far as, you know, hip-hop progresses and i feel like it's the only genre where you know a lot of disrespect goes on and there's you know it's always this constant battle and um yeah i kind of just want to know your thoughts on that um okay well for, first and foremost i think anyone who understands hip-hop is familiar with that element right even if you don't know you know, the, the the full story with academics, you're still familiar with the element because, you know, hip hop was also birthed out of conflict, right? A part of being the story that I'm telling was I, like I was growing up around conflict and the roots of hip hop is conflict. And it was all if it wasn't like, well, this crew is better than that crew or this artist is better than that artist or it's almost like um the NBA where you can kind of um, say, well, who's better LeBron or Kobe. Right. And one error, one error is always going to say, you know, well, he could have never did that in my era. Right. Or this error was the best because we had X, Y. And it's, I think that's always going to be the case um, just because hip hop is a competitive sport where, you know, R and B rock and roll, not so much. Right. But hip hop was born with that competitive spirit. And, <laughs> when you have that competitive spirit, it's always going to be a compare and contrast, unfortunately. Um, and it does damage. It really does damage to the industry as a whole. Um, but I don't, I don't know how you remove that because it's so entrenched in where it came from. Right. Like that's just like, that's ingrained within the fabrics. And even when, I could go all the way back to, like I said, Run DMC and when KRS and all of them were doing their things, there was people like Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five and, um, you know, Melly Mel. And they were looking at them like, you know, well, what about us? Like, yeah, I hear they doing their thing, but they ain't, you know, they not doing it the way we used to do it. And it's like, you understand what I'm saying? Their style of hip hop is a little bit more watered down, but we're more authentic. And okay, well, then came the Nas's and the Woo's and everyone else. And it's like, man, y'all still rapping like Run DMC. I sound all <laughs> antiquated. Like that shit is washed up. Right. So it's, it's, yeah. um, it's a growth thing, but, the, but in all actuality, there would be no um, DJ academics if it wasn't for some of the people he calling Dusty. 
So that's yeah, that's disrespectful yeah. in, in that sense. That's like calling your mother and, and father who nurtured you, um, gave you life and fucking, you know, gave you a crib to live in for the first 20 years of your life and didn't fucking abandon you. It's like you calling them old and dusty, right? Like, yeah, nah, yeah. you wouldn't be here without them. And that, and that goes for, you know, their mother and father and, and your great grandparents. And it's like, it's it's a lineage that needs to be respected more, but I don't know how you take it out because it's a part of the culture, right? Um, yeah, yeah. Tagging, you know, everything. Whether it was tagging your name on trains in, in New York City, it was a battle between crews, you know, writing over other people's name, whether it was breakdance crews, whether it was rap crews. It was always like a combat, a combative sport. And I think that element just carries over. Like, you're never going to have a year in hip-hop where there's not one artist battling another artist in one way, shape, form, or fashion. Yeah. It's like, it's it's always been that way. So why would it stop? I don't think it's going to stop. It's not going to be a kumbaya moment in hip-hop until, like, <laughs> it's just not, man. It's just not. Yeah. And it's cool, like, but that's just what the industry and the culture is. The fucked up part is when it goes off record right when it goes yeah, to yeah. personal blows and, and motherfuckers getting killed because that's not that's not hip-hop that's some other shit yeah yeah man that's a yeah it's an interesting perspective man just kind of um and it's something that I didn't you know I, I knew it was I know I know the essence of hip-hop you know like the beginnings but like when you really think about it yeah I mean from the beginning that that kind of battle uh, mindset that that competitive mindset it's always been there and you know it's interesting that that how it's still here today. And like you said, I, I agree. I don't think that's going away. Um, and, and I see the beauty in it, honestly, I do. Um, but like you said, when, once it starts going left, you know, we, there's plenty of examples. And, and now today, all over hip hop history of, you know, shit going sideways. And, you know, that's the type of thing that we, you know, we, we don't like to see as fans, you know, but right. yeah. Man, right. And, and unfortunately that's been a part of like the story of hip hop. But it's it's not that's not what this game is. That's not what that genre is really about. But um, yeah. you know the the media the media found a way to kind of um, perpetuate it. And to be honest with you, I, I as a radio show host myself, if I want to be honest, like we we even perpetuated it. And before before yeah. I did radio, I was also um, a journalist, and I, I used to write articles for like. Um, it's a website. I think they're still in existence, man. Uh, so.com. And, you know, we did shit for like billboard and stuff like that. And the, the one thing that you always understood when, um, when in journalism is that headline is what sells. That's what sold magazines back in the day. That's what, you know, that's what's used as clickbait today. Right. So it's like, um, that's why memes, you know, those those memes that just have the big bold words like get so many clicks, like in regards to when beef or something happens, right? It's not necessarily yeah. a video, it's just it's a headline. It's what used to be a newspaper or a magazine, but it's that's the headline of today. And it's like, well, what's happening, right? And what's happening yeah. in this headline is X, Y, and Z said such and such about this person. Then you slide and you actually you slide the fucking page and you actually hear what's going on, or you see a video. <laughs> But they, it's just a different way of, of using a headline and, um, you know, that, that shit sells. And hip-hop has been selling that shit for years. And unfortunately, 
you know, people have egos, man. And you can't say certain things and get away with it with, when you're dealing with people of a certain mentality. Um, yeah. And they also are carrying around a huge fucking ego, like some shit is bound to happen, right? Because they yeah. feel like they've been embarrassed in front of the public. So now, you know, so... And that's another that's another big issue with with um, hip hop. Period. Like the 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 ego and living up to standards. And I, I no disrespect. I'm saying this out of all love. I don't know who's gonna watch this and who's gonna see this. I'm not calling out any names. Yeah. But with all of that being said, and I know I'm, I'm rambling. Um, a, a, the major part in that industry, man, is the ego, and there's not enough money in that industry to to support that ego meaning a lot of the rappers that i grew up idolizing that i had to had a chance to actually meet shake their hands interview break bread with you know what i mean go out like i've i've got to meet and hang out and been at the house of a lot of different people right when your day is done the money runs the fuck out you understand what i'm saying like There's a and the ego is so big. It's not like okay, well, no one's buying my albums anymore. Um, maybe I should go get a job. Like they're never gonna do that, right? They're yeah. never gonna say that. And they weren't smart enough to to um, or they're not smart enough. They weren't taught how to invest early on, and they had to live up to um, a standard. They had to live up to like an ideal so when you go broke in this industry in the music industry it's almost the the most fucked up thing that could happen to you because you're famous yet you're broke and you're still trying to every time you walk out that house you're still trying to live up to a certain standard of having it when you haven't had it in a long goddamn time and you it's a facade it's like a constant facade and you're living check to check and if you can get out there and get a few shows to make some money that might help you pay your bills but you ain't got it like that and a lot of artists live a lot of artists who who you still today like would sing like know every word to all of their fucking songs a lot of them just they just ain't got it they don't you know they're not as fortunate and that's why this um this thing that i'm doing with this real estate industry and i'm I'm about to start going back to teaching these classes it's it's important for people within that that game man because that ego that ego is huge it's a huge problem not only just with beef but just in surviving in that music industry that ego is a fucking monster it's a beast yeah man it's definitely there's plenty of examples of just you see that the egos is a it's a big um you know it's a big problem it's the the center of a lot of different problems going on even outside of the hip-hop industry really you know you see it in, in everyday life um you know people trying to live up to to certain standards that you know god knows who set them but you know it's it's important to realize you know what what you can do and and progress for sure man and, and i think that's dope at you know, I, I love this conversation, this whole episode of, you know, I think the main focus is, you know, being not smart enough, but well, I guess smart enough, but also having that knowledge of, of what to do with, you know, when you're when you're doing good in life, when you're um, when you're making money, you know, you got to think about the future. You know, eventually, like you said, the money runs out, um, your cloud goes out or whatever, you know, whatever you're doing, eventually so shit's going to change and you got to know 
you know, think the long term. And, and, and I think that's dope, man. I appreciate all of your uh, your insights because you definitely have a long, long journey. And, you know, I would love to sit here and just pick your brain a little more. But, you know, I can sit here all day and ask you questions. But that's dope, man. That's dope. Yeah, no doubt. Um, no doubt dude. Yeah, man. And, you know, before we, we end this episode, I, I just want to give you a little bit of time. Um, anything you want to shout out, anything you want to say, um, or any, you know, any piece of advice or anything you want to say. Give you the floor. Well, well, I would be a fool not to, again, promote my business. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, anybody who's looking for, for funding in the real estate game, make sure you visit us at 8streetfunding.com. That's E-I, the number 8-H-T, streetfunding.com. Um, you know, I'm also on, on Instagram and Facebook and all those other, uh, social media platforms, uh, in regards to messages, man, listen, I'm just here promoting positivity. Um, you know, I wish you guys the best on your show and on this journey. I know how difficult it is. Um, stay consistent, set a standard, and I don't care what comes along. Never, um, you know, live below those means. Never go below whatever standards you set for yourself and for your show. And I guarantee you, you know, shit will be successful, like long run successful. Yeah. Hell yeah, man. Those are key words, bro. I appreciate all the words again. I appreciate you coming on the show, bro. It was definitely a dope combo. Um, you know, anytime you want to come back again, always doors open for you, bro. All right, thanks, man. I appreciate you having me, and, and best of wishes and best of luck to you. Yeah, thank you, man. Thank you, bro. Big shout out to Eight. Thank y'all for coming on the show. And remember, the worst to live by. Don't be scared to fuck up. Just make sure you learn from it and progress forward. Shout out to all the hip hop fans. Shout out to all the listeners. Thank y'all for tuning in. I'm gonna be signing off now. You can be anywhere in the world, but you are here with us, and we appreciate that. This is Hip Hop Clothing. Peace. <laughs> It's easier now.